Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Did you know that all children are musical? Have you ever wondered what you can do to nurture, nurture the musical growth of your child regardless of your own musical ability? Through music and movement classes, families can enjoy a number of benefits, such as spending quality time together, learning about music, meeting other children and families, and most importantly, having fun in a safe, nurturing, playful environment. I'm Diana Davidson, Director of Songbirds Music, and this is Parent Savers, Episode 60. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who've joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app. It's available in the Android and iTunes marketplace, uh, also on Google Play. Whenever a new podcast is released, you get it automatically on your phone, and then when you're at the gym or pushing the stroll or wherever you're listening, you know that there's a new episode available. You all know by now, but I have three boys, uh, six, four, and almost two years old. As a matter of fact, he just turned two two days ago as this episode was released. So um, let me go around the table and introduce some of our panelists. We have um, Ursula and Scott in the studio with us as well, and they're a couple of our super parents. Who These are folks that contribute a lot to Parent Savers and appear regularly as panelists. Maybe you guys will recognize them. So Scott, go ahead. I'm Scott Killian, 36 years old. I'm a certified financial planner. I've got one son, Alex. Hi, I'm Ursula. I'm 35. I am a an office manager, but now I'm spending most of my time with my two boys, Desmond, who's four, and Callan, who is two. And then our expert Diana is in the studio as well. Diana, do you have kids? I do. I am a mama to two girls, Hannah, who is seven, and Bella, who is two. Nice. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Before we dive into today's topic, which is music and movement for children, I want to talk about a new app that we've checked out here at Parent Savers and want to tell you guys about. It's called the Kid Measure Growth Chart app, and it's available for iPads, 
And what you can do is take a picture of your child and it'll give you a measurement on screen. It uses some actually pretty tricky math to do it. I was wondering how it was going to do it, but as we did it and it figures out, you have to do a few things to do it, but it figures out how tall they are. It's an easy way to kind of save a picture and then you can keep taking pictures of your kid in the same spot with whatever time period you want and you can kind of track how they're growing. The way it works is you actually have to take a piece of paper and you tape it to a wall and uh, you can decide whether it's going to be an American letter paper, if it's a legal paper. They have all these different sorts of paper sites. It's kind of like when you go shopping for labels and there's all these different options of different papers. And then you line up your kid in the shadow that's beneath it. And then you snap the picture and you make sure that the paper, you can resize it so it figures out what size the paper is. And then through crazy math, it figures out how tall your kid is based on when you, where you put its feet and how tall it goes. So I, I played around in it with my boys and they love, of course, having their picture taken and like standing up and being measured to grow. Um, and it's super cute. And it turned out with some cute pictures. And of course they see the pictures and you can save it as either a JPEG or a PDF. And whenever we take pictures of them now, they're like, share it on Facebook, put it on your phone so other people can see it. And you can easily do that with this as well. Uh, and so it was a neat thing and a way to track it. The accuracy was pretty good. I mean, I actually, after I did it, I took the tape measure out to see if it's right. I mean, cause I think we're all used to ticking it off on the, in real life. And I think that the way I did it, it was a little bit short. So I think there's some point where you can kind of not, I wouldn't trust this for if you had to have an accurate reading of exactly what their height is, but for a cute way to track their progress, I think that it's kind of a neat thing. Did you guys have a chance to check it out or, or what, did you guys have an experience with it? I wish I did. I, I spent a lot of time trying to learn how to download it and that required a, I must be a dinosaur. I have the first generation iPad, was not able to get the app because it requires a higher version of iOS than uh, is allowed on that version. Yeah, we actually have, I, I kind of had a similar experience. We have an iPad 2 and an iPad mini, and don't judge. <laughs> or, or maybe you can judge if you think that's awesome, but <laughs> we do have the mini. It's actually great, but that's a whole other topic. We, it would not download our iPad 2 either, and I think it's because you have to have the latest version of the iOS software running, but it did work on our iPad 2, and it doesn't work on phones either. So you have to really have one of the latest iPads or be up to date with the latest software in order to use it. I have a question. Um, th that sounds like a fascinating app. Unfortunately, I only have an iPhone. I'm still waiting for my iPad. It's on my wish list. But um, does it synthesize that information and do like a growth chart? Can it? Is there mechanisms of actually um, viewing um, yeah. the results? Yeah, yeah. There can be a chart with the results that you are in and able to track. I mean, there's actually a few steps that you need to take. And so it's not something that you can quickly just snap a picture and then it's ready to go. You have to line them up. You have to get the paper up. After the picture's taken, you have to make sure that the paper's the right size on the screen. Then you have to use these virtual feet to put where their feet are. And then you kind of get a measurement. And then you need to choose to record it. And you can do multiple kids as well. Uh, and then once you've recorded multiple images, yeah, you can see results like that and see how it's tracking. We also asked some of our bloggers if they would uh, review the app. So here's what they had to say. This is Anna and Beth. And we just were going to give a review of the Kids Measure app. We found that the app was very easy to download, but a little frustrating to use. Um, there aren't any words in the directions and only general pictures. We had the option to contact support, but the problem wasn't with the app working, but that we didn't know what to do. I thought the picture was very cute that Beth was able to take, but she didn't find it very helpful. 
Hey, PR Savers, this is Jessica. I had a chance to download the Kids Measure app. I'm calling in with my review. I was real excited about this app because I have a couple little ones and I feel like they're growing like weeds and it would be a really nice way to be able to track their progress and even be able to share it online. I love the concept behind it. Uh, I downloaded the app, didn't have a problem downloading it, and I got through like the first couple steps. Uh, my oldest is three, so he doesn't, you know, like to stay in place. But I got him up against the paper. I went to take the picture and I, I just couldn't get it to work. So unfortunately, I spent about five or six minutes trying to figure out how to even snap the photo. Um, and, and I don't know if it, was, if it was my app in particular, but it just didn't work for me. I, I couldn't get past that stage, so unfortunately, I really couldn't test the app. I think it's, it's a fun way um, for kids to be able to track their success and their growth, but from a parent's point of view, I, I just couldn't get it to work. So um, unfortunately, the app just didn't work for me, and I probably wouldn't share it with another parent um, because, again, I just didn't have that great of a user experience. So overall here at Parent Savers, I'd say we give it a cautious thumbs up. You have to make sure you have the right kind of software to download it. There's a lot of steps that you have to go through to do it. It's not completely user-friendly, but it's something that can be figured out. It's definitely not something kids can use on their own. Parents have to be there. And you might get a little frustrated the first time through. But what it does is really neat. And the growth charts it provides and the tracking is pretty good. So cautious thumbs up for Kids Measure Growth Chart app. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. All right, now we are ready to dive into today's topic, which is an exciting one for all of us here in the studio. It's music and movement for children. And I can tell you, all three of my kids love music and dancing, and I'm sure that's the case for many of you guys listening as well. Today we're talking with Diana Davidson, the founder and director of Songbirds Music, who's going to tell us all about the importance of music and movement for kids and why it's never too early to start incorporating music into your kids' lives. Thanks for joining us, Diana. Thank you for having me. Let's dive into the topic. So why is music so important for kids' lives? Well, music is important for kids because it's important at any age. It's accessible when they're newborns up to age 99, 150, whatever your age, it's accessible to everybody. It is a form of expression and communication. It's a way to connect and interact with family, with their community, with their culture, and with each other. And music making is a multi-sensory activity. So it stimulates many parts of the body and the brain. If children are singing, they are stimulating their voice and their vocal range and their vocal expression, which later on helps them in school with reading and talking. And if they are dancing like we do in our music classes, they're involving all of their muscle groups in their bodies. And when they're playing instruments, they're involving those fine motor skills. And when they're tapping their feet and swinging their arms, they're involving their gross motor skills. So that's why it's important. And lastly, listening to music and playing music and making music is fun. And having fun is. is important. Well, and so I guess what do we mean by music, right? I mean, is... Is that music? I just knocked on the table, by the way. That was kind of some sweet bass. <laughs> but <laughs> is that music? Is, is anything music? Is there a definition for what music is or what it entails? 
Well, music means different things to different people, and I actually looked up in various dictionaries and sources what the definition of music is, Mm -hmm. and in all of the sources, none of them listed just one definition. There were multiple definitions, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, Webster defines it as, music is the art of arranging sounds or tones in an orderly sequence so to produce a united continued composition. And while I don't believe that all noise is music, my little one chasing my daughter and her friend around the house with an occasional squeal or scream, noise, not music. (laughs) However, um, I find myself when I'm in the car and I have my turn signal on Mm -hmm. that I will clap to the beat or bob my head to the beat or start doing a little song ditty to the music of my a blinker in my car when I'm walking with people if they if I notice there's a certain cadence to their walk I will alter the way that I walk so that I can be in rhythm with them so that wouldn't necessarily be music that we would listen to the radio or record but I think that noise can definitely be music that's so funny that you talk about the blinker because I do the same thing. I'm a drummer and <laughs> I just can't help it. And for the last 20 years, I've been doing the exact same thing. And it's uh, my son always asks me, Papa, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm playing right. music. Making music. And so you're not just you're not necessarily just doing that for your kids' benefit either. No, <laughs> it happened long before uh, long before Alex. So are some kids, you know, naturally more musically talented than others? I mean, I I, I bring that up because I have three kids myself. And we did, we've done some music classes with all of them and music, and we'll get into a little more of some of the stuff that we've done, but we can just look at our second kid and know that he's got a totally different relationship with music than our first kid has. He can, he can feel the beats, move around, dance to the rhythm in a way unlike our first kid did. I mean, do you, what do you see with different kids or different Is there such a thing as musical talent and the kids are different, wired differently? Well, I think musical talent is a very broad term. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I love music is because it isn't age-specific, it's stage-specific. So what a child might be doing at age six can be the same thing that a child might be doing at age 12. They can both be playing a brilliant piano piece by Mozart. Now, while it is impressive that a six-year-old might be able to do that because they are so young, I don't think it's any less impressive that a 12-year-old can do it, for example. Um, With anything, the more exposure and practice, the good role models that are around, and a nurturing environment, I think children can learn a great deal about music and some might just be more attracted to it innately, but we are all born with the ability and aptitude to make music. And and so in in your classes, it's not about teaching musical talent. It's about teaching music and movement. So tell me a little bit about that. So we are not performance-based in our classes. It's not about the final recital or the final show. It's really learning music through music. So we come together every week for 45 minutes and the families have the songs and the songs books, the CDs that we use in class so that they can take that music home with them. The days of gathering around the piano after dinner just don't exist anymore. So we are now the new gathering around the piano by sending families home with some music that they can use. Uh, We sing, we dance, we play rhythm games, we play instruments, and we are using a research-based curriculum called Music Together, which has been around for 25 years. And in our classes, we're really using those songs and developing them. Sometimes we just sing them to sing. Sometimes we'll create a round in the class. Sometimes we'll do some part singing. And it's amazing how cool that a child can experience that live in class with mommy and daddy and grandma or nanny or whoever 
the loving grown-up who's bringing them to class. And we use music from different countries, different languages, different tonalities, different rhythms, so that we're really giving them a musical buffet. It's a musical food that we're feeding them of all kinds in our classes. Well, and the idea is not that that's their one time to eat that one hour, that's too, right. right? You're helping give parents and you encourage parents to you know, kind of spread that throughout the rest of the lives and throughout the rest of the time that they're not in your class, right? Yes, we encourage spontaneous music making at all times of the day. And we want them to take that music home and, and make it their own and just have fun with it and come to our classes and have fun and be silly and enjoy that time with their kids. Uh, my, my family has been a, a big beneficiary of Diana, Miss Diana's class. My uh, my son is in one of one of her groups. And that and was a coincidence, too. We didn't realize <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. Big coincidence. Like, hey. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things, and I was just looking at this this um, this issue of, of why, why, are, why is music important. Diana has a way of getting the kids to, to clean up after they, they do certain things through through a song. And my efforts to get my son to clean up without using a song, uh, futile. Uh, using the song, a lot better, um, a lot better <laughs> outcome what, than What's that. the cleanup song? Well, we don't really have a particular cleanup song. Okay. We use the song that we just sang and use it as a cleanup song, or we'll use okay. the tones of that song to clean up. So if we're singing something like... Um, zoom, zoom, driving in the car, we're going home today, let's clean up the instruments, bum, bum. There you go. Just kind of sing song, yeah. And they all do it. (laughs) And they all do it. Try it at home. My son's preschool has an actual cleanup song that my son taught me, and I'm no singer, so bear with me, but he taught, um all of us and his little brother as well and it works with them and it's clean up clean up everybody everywhere clean up and they actually do it i'm like this is the greatest thing in the world yeah we um it it is pretty we have taken our all of our kids to a music class different ones songbirds and one of the things that i actually think that our youngest i think he thinks it's cleanup class Right. I think that because they play some instruments and they put them away and he's almost more excited to put things away than he is. But I guess that must speak to something that's going on with kind of the order and the development that that music is kind of encouraging that behavior. Definitely. And in our classes, we do work on routines and some structure. It's not the kind of class where a child has to be sitting in mom and dad's lap for 45 minutes because developmentally that's not appropriate. They're going to be comfortable and free to explore the room around them and the people around them. But we definitely do have some routines, and one of them is cleaning up the instruments after we use them, putting the scarves back in the bag, and they love to do it. How is the movement incorporated into your classes? Because, you know, they do go together so much, and um, it's an important part of music, I think. Definitely. Well, for us, music is a full-body experience. It's not just about singing, but really incorporating the whole body. And some people find that they are more comfortable tapping their knees, while some are more comfortable standing up and stomping their feet. You kind of have to find where in your body you're going to put your music. It might not just be in your voice. It might be all over your body. So in the class, we usually stand up at least three times. We always have a free movement dance. So we'll take out some scarves, or sometimes we have ribbons, or sometimes we'll have bells, or sometimes we have nothing but just the other friends in the class, and we'll put on some music and just do a free dance. Sometimes we do lightly choreographed things where I'm guiding the families along and telling them, okay, four steps to the right, and four steps to the left, and in the middle, and back out again. And we use slow music, fast music, different kinds of music so that we can expose them to that. Yeah, it's so neat to see them respond to 
that and all the different movement and the music. All right, well, when we come back, we'll talk about some other stuff. Like, we're actually going to talk about some specific songs and some tips for different developmental ages of kids um, that I know that you cover off in class and that I saw some information on your website about, too. So we'll be right back. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back, everybody. Today we are talking about music and movement with Diana Davidson from Songbirds Music. So let's talk about some developmentally appropriate activities for some different aged kids. I mean, I've heard it said uh, that, you know, music starts even before they're born, right? And so we could start there, but this is parent savers. That might be more of a topic for preggy pals is the music before. But what about, you know, for in utero or like right when babies are born? What are some music activities for that age? Well, if you have a hearing child, that's one of the first things to develop in utero. At four months, your child can hear in utero. So that's why when they are born, they turn to mommy's voice. They know it. And daddy's voice. They know that voice. They've been hearing it for so long. Um, Singing and dancing with your child is always developmentally appropriate. You should always sing and dance with them at any age. It doesn't matter if they're newborn. It doesn't matter if they're 18. I think it's something that you can always share and have fun doing together. But there are some specific activities that you can try depending on how old your child is. So I get a lot of questions. Well, what am I going to do with my newborn in class? And my answer is, well, your child's not going to talk to you. So why bother talking to them? Well, you talk to them because at some point they are going to talk back Mm -hmm. to you. And it's the same thing with music. At some point they are going to be singing and la-la-lying and cooing along. So talking like singing, uh, walking like dancing, it's all one and the same as far as we're concerned. Um, For newborns, touch is very important. So as you are singing to them or talking to them, tap the bottoms of their feet or rub their ears. They love to be touched. Um, you can crawl your fingers up and down their tummies as you're singing to them, and they get, they're get they getting that touch. And they're also, since they're on their backs, they're facing you. They're focusing on your mouth and your face. So they're watching you sing as well and watch the movements of your mouth. If uh, you wear your baby as you're walking around the neighborhood, you can sing about the things that you see. Look, there's a birdie, look, there's a birdie on our street. It can be anything so simple, but just changing it into a little tune makes it something different and fun for to do with your child. Um, sing to them while you're changing diapers. They, again, are, are focusing on your mouth. It'll make diaper changing so much more fun for both of you. This is also a good one once your child gets into that I'm going to wiggle while you change my diaper stage. If you sing to them, they'll stop and focus on what you're doing instead of wiggle around. Um, When you are playing, let's say you have a six-month-old, if they have a favorite toy, when you're playing with them and their favorite toy, move that favorite toy to the beat of whatever song you're singing Mm -hmm. and show them what that beat might look like as their little car is moving around. Um, Sing to them. And give them some silent space and see if they'll sing back to you. 
a lot of times they will. They'll give you some sound feedback and then sing it back to them, and you can play a little vocal game with them. So that would be good for newborns up to six-month-olds. Remember that repetition is good. They love to hear the same stories. They also like to hear the same songs, so be ready to uh, put on that replay button. Right. That's probably a really important <laughs> thing, that repetition is good. Choose it's really Repetition good. is good. For our older ones, one- and two-year-olds perhaps, you can sing about anything we talked about, um, singing to put things away. Turn your life into a musical. You can sing about brushing your teeth, about getting dressed, about zipping up your jacket, and it just makes everyday chores a little bit more fun for them and a little bit more fun for you, especially if it's a challenging one. Um, Children, especially one- and two-year-olds, love to hear their names, so sing a song that has their names in them. You can turn turn any tune, like a familiar tune, like Old MacDonald. Little Hannah's getting dressed, la, 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 and make it fun about them getting dressed, and then they're hearing their name, and they get so excited to hear their name. You can have a stuffed animal dance party. Gather around with all the stuffed animals, put on some music, and there they are with you on the dance floor. Moms and dads and grandmas and nannies and loving grown-ups, don't be shy to grab a stuffed animal and dance along. How That's a fun. good idea. Because we have so many stuffed animals. Yes, I don't know what, what to do, do with, you do all with them? them. They you just have sit a, there. You have a disco party, of course. Nice. You don't have to have tea with them. Maybe you can have tea afterwards. <laughs> right. um, kitchen play-alongs are always great. Take out your wooden spoons, those Tupperwares that don't have the matching lid or the lid is warped. Turn them into percussive instruments don't have to buy anything it's right there with you Mm -hmm. have a a kitchen jam session while you're cooking dinner give them some pots and pans and wooden spoons and have turn on some music it'll be easier to cook dinner for you and they'll have something to do while you're making dinner Um, another thing you can try is turning regular stories into musical story time so a book like brown bear brown bear what do you see that we all know and love instead of just reading it sing it brown bear brown bear what do you see i see a yellow duck looking at me and it kind of changes the way the story goes Uh, in our music classes because we give the families a songbook that goes along with the music that we are doing in class you can use that songbook as a story time book for them and at any age you can always sing lullabies it's a lovely ritual to do with your child before nap time before sleep time it calms them down it might calm you down and um, you can turn any song into a lullaby just slow it down and sing it softly close to their heads and their ears and um, you might not always remember exactly what mom wore or dad looked like or grandma's doing but we often remember the songs that our loving grown-ups sang to us when we were children so you can start creating those musical memories for your own child as well yeah we um we sing like the same three songs in a row at bedtime every night and have ever since our six-year-old was young and so our other ones have picked up on it too but it was neat the other night our almost two-year-old was kind of leading the singing of um we do a b c d and to one of your points the alphabet song was kind of short so we made up kind of a middle verse and then have extended it to be like a double version of it with some of our own words. And that's kind of a fun thing too, is to create your own songs and create your own music. And then we do the extended version of Mary had a little lamb, which is like 12 verses long. And we actually know all of them because we had it on a music CD, but he was leading it. Um, the almost two year old. And it was so neat to see him. And I know that the repetition was really getting through to him. Ursula yeah. and Scott. Yeah. What are there some things? Yeah. The other thing is, uh, as I was listening to you talk, Diana, the singing and, you know, I mean, I'm far from competing in a in a singing 
competition. But singing, um, at least for for my for my son, it's such a, a centering thing. When things are melting down and everything's kind of going, yeah. you know, just going south, 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 making up a song with his name, yeah. giving him something to do. It, he forgets everything, and then I've got him. I've got his focus and attention, and then now we can move along with things. And I was just thinking about that. I need to do that more because it does work, and it works really well. Yeah. Um, I I use music a lot. Well, music's huge in our life. We have a huge music, music collection, but um, I like to use music to help direct their moods a little bit. So if I see them getting too worked up, I'll put on Mozart. Or if I want them to kind of sit down and work on their workbooks or the puzzles or something, I'll put on something like Mozart so they'll concentrate. If they're kind of being lackadaisical and I want to kind of energize them a little bit, then I'll put on some rock and roll and get them moving and singing and stuff. But I was also thinking back when you were asking um, our expert at what age, you know, children can respond to music and stuff. And of course that starts in the womb, but it reminded me of when my um, older son was under a year old, he was still a baby. And as he was trying to put himself to sleep and I was still sitting in the rocker and he was laying down in his bed and he would do this roll call where he'd um, name everybody that he loved in his life right before he go to sleep. But then he made his own song and he was just a baby and he'd go, mama, 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 dad, 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 ba, 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 ba. Na 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 na, and he'd go through everybody that he knew, and it was just his kind of way to soothe himself and go to sleep. And I thought that was so sweet. Beautiful, <laughs> very sweet. Yeah, you definitely need to remember that. So we talked a little about and what you're going through was you know creating some of your own instruments, but what about like real instruments that were actually meant to be musical instruments? Are there anything that you would recommend for families to have. I, I know that we have we have a music box at home with all the various instruments that we have, and a lot of times when kids come over, they'll create their own band. But you know, I found that like a harmonica is really fun. They can just kind of blow in and out, do whatever they want. I guess the downside of that is we're all sharing germs, but we're all sharing <laughs> germs anyway. Um, so, what what instruments do you see? Like real life instruments that you think are really good for kids? So, real life instruments, floor drums are always great. They actually don't get too too loud, but they are very accessible to kids of any age little little ones who aren't walking yet can just kind of crawl over and tap on the drum and then old ones of course can just go crazy and jam on them so floor drums are really really great instrument to have but basic things like maracas and egg shakers kids love egg shakers they fit in their hands they get immediate satisfaction because they can produce the sound all by themselves right just by shaking that's right and you can and then going back to you know, the crafty idea or you don't have, you can make something like that pretty yes. easily as well. Well, in fact, uh, um, Alex's uh, grandma made him a, a little plastic container, had some coffee, coffee beans in it, and it has a, an ability to switch pictures out on the inside. So we took pictures. So it's pictures of him, pictures of his family, and he could look at those and, and shake it. And it, he seemed to gravitate towards that and, um, and, and use it. And so that was a nice, a nice thing. Nice. Yay, grandma. <laughs> hey, Grandma. Ursula, you were saying earlier that um, before we were taping that your son is recognizing different types of music, right? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I go to a lot of concerts. And so even when I was pregnant, I'd take my boys to, to concerts and stuff. So they like all different kinds of music. And um, so it's funny they'll tell me, hey, mommy, listen, that's blues music. Like when we go to Phil's barbecue, I'm like, yeah, that is blues music. Or they'll go, oh, that's jazz. And I'm like, well, how do you know that's jazz? Do you hear the horns? That sounds like jazz horns. And it's just so cute how they can pick out um, 
different genres from classical to to um you know punk rock even and um and they can also he'll he'll tell me mommy is this in spanish he can tell because we listen to music from all around the world so he can tell when that there's a a different language being sung and i think that's so cool to let them know that music is something that connects all different cultures you know so even if you're experiencing music and we're kind of focusing and saying oh we're talking about music and and movement well actually that can connect a lot of different things you can talk about math with music and you can talk about cultures with music you can talk about history you can talk about a lot of different things so yeah yeah music's really a gateway to learning a lot more it opens up the brain and gets them to focus and it can lead to a lot of other topics for sure. All right. Well, we're starting to run out of time. So let's, I guess, sort of crystallize, you know, if you had a top tip for parents that were looking at making music or incorporating music into their lives. And I imagine, you know, I, I know it's something that we're all interested in. Uh, and hopefully after listening to this show, uh, we'll all be singing to our kids more and more. But what, what would you say is your top tip for listeners i would say my top tip is that regardless of your musical ability your voice is your child's favorite voice so remember to just have fun and you don't have to be the next american idol the best singer in the world just have fun and model be a good music model for your child play the music that you like expose them to music and have fun with it just have fun and be silly there's sort of this level you reach with parenting i guess when it finally clicks that you realize it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of how I'm looking or what I'm doing. If I'm engaging with my kids and giving them what they need, who cares if the person in the car next to me thinks that I'm crazy for dancing around like that? They'll just be jealous. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, Diana, for joining us today. And thanks to everyone for listening. For more information about music and movement or for more information about any of our super parents and panelists, visit the episode page on our website. We're actually going to continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club. After the show, Diana will tell us more about some fun musical games. For more information about the Parent Savers Club, visit our website, parentsavers.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Here's a question from Barbara. Barbara writes, We like to think of ourselves as being a green family. One of the things we're passionate about is not buying everything new, especially when it comes to our baby's toys. But at the same time, I still want her toys to be safe. Are there certain items that we should always buy new? This is Julie Valise, consumer safety expert. Barbara, not only are people making choices of reusing and recycling products for a more green society, but some out of necessity are doing it because of financial, and that can make a lot of sense. When purchasing anything secondhand for a baby, make sure to be diligent in checking for any loose or missing pieces, chips, 
tears or cords that could be hazardous and always check to see if a product has been recalled. However, there are a number of products that I would recommend not buying used. The first would be a car seat. You never know if a car seat has been in a crash, even just a minor fender bender. Also, car seats do expire, so the life of them is not as long as one might expect. Another area would be those products where children sleep. Cribs in particular are a product that shouldn't be purchased used. The regulations for cribs have changed significantly just over the past couple of years. You do want to make sure that you have a crib that complies with all new regulations. Also, having all of the original parts and instructions are a must for cribs. And often with used ones, those kind of things can get lost. When it comes to any children's product, either gear or toys, the best thing to do is check to make sure the product hasn't been recalled. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. They just celebrated their one year of taping. I know because I have the mimosas on the table still. And boy, do they celebrate. (laughs) They did celebrate. (laughs) Next week uh, on Parent Savers, we're going to be talking about baby nutrition and starting your baby on solid foods. So definitely join us for that. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.